0: Hey guys, welcome back, Season 1, Episode 8. Now, today is a special episode, because I usually do one chapter each episode, but today, on this one, I'm gonna do two chapters today. So, you're in... For a long episode. So, without further ado, let's kick it off with the first chapter of this episode. So, let's begin. Chapter 6. Let's get back to you for a moment, Hannigan said. Tell me again where you were that morning. I rolled my eyes. Asleep, I said. Medicated. Drugged. I take a nice little cocktail e- every night. You were too. If you lived with a monster, the screaming didn't wake like you. Nothing wakes me. That's the point of the drugs. I tumble out of bed when I'm good. I'm ready. Like a rock star, she said, drumming her fingers on the table. Walk me through it again. From the time you woke up to the time you fled, I looked around as though I was searching for someone to rescue me. Are you serious? We have been over this and over this and over this. I pointed to one of the cameras. Why not just watch the footage? Humor me, she said. A little cooperation goes a long way. So I humored her. I got up at around 10 that morning, and then only because I had to pee, I did my business thought about hopping back in bed, but my stomach was growling. As soon as I stepped into the hall, I sensed something was off. The house wasn't just quiet. It was empty. Our house was never empty, especially not in the morning. I went to the top of the stairs and got Anthony's name, then Sarah's, then Serena's crickets. I star- I started down the steps. Is this a goddamn surprise party? I yelled. The surprise better be a vat of coffee. I crossed through the dining room, noticed the sliding glass door was open, went back to close it. Anthony was always lecturing us about reptiles getting in the house. Cotton moths cottonmouths, and gators. He had a real paranoid streak, but maybe this time he had something to be paranoid about because there was blood all over the door handle, bloody footprints wanting the length of the deck outside. I have seen screaming. I have been screaming my head off. If it weren't for the Benzo Instead, I turned around very slowly and whispered, Tony, I started searching for him as if we were kids playing hide and seek, calling his name softly and looking in places he couldn't possibly be. The hall closet under the stairs, behind the piano. And I think about it now, it's almost commercial. Me tiptoeing around and whispering while he lay dead in the kitchen, maybe 30 feet away, which is where I found him. This time, I did scream and ran over to him and nearly threw myself on his body. I'm not going to die. I dreamed of doing something like this to Tony more times than I, than I can count. But to actually see it, to see the person you have lived with for 15 years, lying face down in his own blood, his back and legs oozing from more wounds than you can count. That sobered me up in a heartbeat. I sat there with him for a long while, stroking his hair, replaying our last argument, our first argument. Regretting every unkind word in between. And then the phone rang. His phone, lying just beyond the reach of his outstretched hand. I didn't think I picked it up. Started to answer. Then stopped myself when I saw the color ID. UV, Uncle Vincent. He knew Uncle Vincent knew. Tony must have made one last call before he toppled. I waited for the final ring, then tossed the phone back where I found it. Uncle Vincent knew, and he blamed me. I had no doubt. He, nev- he never liked me, never made any bones about it. And there'd been an incident, maybe a month earlier, a family gathering, family in both inches of the ward. Tony got drunk, I got drunk. We did what we always did when we were drunk. Only this time, there was a full bouquet hard to watch us go at it with Uncle Vincent at the helm. Everyone there heard me tell Tony. I'd cut his throat the next time he fell asleep. And now Uncle Vincent, would be coming for me. Chances were, he was already on his way. Jesus Christ, Tony, I said. What am I going to do? I was half both in the I actually smacked myself. I wasn't thinking about my dead husband anymore. I was calculating how long it would take Uncle Vincent's man to get here. I ran upstairs. I knew what came next what I had to do to protect myself. Every mafia wife prepares for flight. We come up with a plan and we it as we lie awake in bed. We compare notes and hushed voices in back rooms at birthday parties, bridal showers, barbecues. What would you do if it all fell apart? If the FBI came knocking, if war broke out between the families, if your husband was locked up, murdered, bribes. I'm myself as I threw together a travel bag. Bribes are key if you want to stay hidden from a man like Vincent. You don't go on the one so much. As you buy your escape, you need capital, but it can't be cash. The courts will strip you of cash, but they can't take your property, not unless they can prove it was stolen. And I happen to have a fat collection of very expensive, legally obtained jewelry. Okay. That is it. For for that chapter on to the bonus chapter of this episode. So, let's continue with the last chapter of this episode. Let's begin. Except that my collection had vanished, I kept the most valuable pieces a Tiffany tiara, a double wow, well, gem encrusted bracelet, three poor necklaces, a blue sapphire heart of the ocean replica, an 18-karat gold locket, five sets of diamond earrings inside a large cardboard box marked <laughs> <laughs> Mean products. I kept the box wedged between the piping and the wall of the bathroom sink, hidden behind columns. A spelled toilet paper. Burglars will waffle through your doors. They will. They will tell. They will tell out from the walls, looking for a safe but they generally still clear of toiletries. I thought I was being clever. My heart started beating so hard. I could feel it in my toes. Maybe I thought Anthony had moved my jewels. He always believed his costume made safe was un Gamble had told me more than once that I was being ridiculous. I ran back through the bedroom and into the hallway, poured up a corner of the carpeting and spun the dial on Anthony's sunken vault. Nothing inside but a ledger and some pictures of his late mother maybe anthony had re- had moved my stash to a more conversational locale i looked i checked all the places jewelry might normally be kept the engraved mahogany case on my vanity table my dresser doors, my desk doors are empty. Every last piece gone. Who else would have known to look in that box under the sink? I thought Sarah. I thought Serena. I thought Sarah and Serena. Had they teamed up to kill Anthony and rob me? The idea didn't sit right. We'd always gotten Along, even gone on day trips together when Anthony was away. But then I couldn't remember the last time they'd both been absent on the same morning. At first, I felt betrayed. Then I realized it went beyond simple betrayal. They knew my history with Vincent, knew Florida's top crime boss would be only too happy to kill me, limb by limb. They sent me up. It was probably one of them who called Vincent from Anthony's phone. No more time for thinking. I heard a car pulling up, the gravel driveway moving at top speed, then hitting the brakes hard. I went to the window, peeled through the blinds. Vincent had sent his top dog's mister Deolf, a conscientious of longstanding, and Johnny Boltz, Vincent's gold to muscle. I watched them jump out of the sedan and take the port steps two at a time. At least they had the courtesy to ring the bell. Anthony's Panoa was about to pay off for a change. In addition to the obligatory panic room, he had hidden passageways built all over the house. The panic room wouldn't do any good. Either they'd want me out or find the way in. Anthony and Vincent shared the same architect, but the paneling behind the armor in the front bedroom swung open. If you touched it in just the right spot, and behind that, paring was a ladder leading straight to the garage. I hooked my travel bag over my shoulder, heaved the armor out of the way, and started down. We had twin cars, his and hers, Bentleys. He is a four-door. Mine, a coupe. If Anthony had been really smart, he'd have kept some kind of low-profile gateway vehicle, a Ford Focus, or a Hyundai Elantua, something that would blend in once you'd made it past the driveway. It's hard to go unnoticed in a Bentley. But then, I guess that's the point. I got behind the wheel of the coupe, tossed the travel bag on the passenger seat. Anthony must have searched far and wide to find the slowest-moving automatic garage door in Florida. I watched it in its way off the floor, counted, counted to 50 before it even cleared the front bumper. Come on, come on, come on. I begged, my nose got the better of me. I hit the gas too soon, clipped the bottom of the door, heard an unholy scraping as it ripped the paint from the Bentley's hood. Outside, I floated. saw Vincent's men sprinting for the sedan and my willful mill. I took out... I took our winding gravel access road at 80 miles per hour, kept expecting more Vincent's goons to pop out from behind the bushes. If they had, I swear I'd have won them over. But the only button men I had to worry about were in the sedan on my tail. The wolf behind the wheel, and they were gaining steadily, they were gaining steadily as if Bentley was a Model T. And they were driving a tricked out Aston Martin. My best hope was to make the highway, didn't let the Bentley's engine point some distance between us. I ran every red light, In the local town, passed a truck around a blind turn, took the on ramp. During a hundred, they were right there with me. I darted between lanes, looked up to see the full greening, our cows not five feet apart. I got onto the soda and floated. I figured this would end one of two ways with a caravan of Stay to push in my river or with a clean getaway. I couldn't allow any third option. They kept peace for a long stretch. They kept peace for a long stretch, then started to fade. Maybe the Bentley wasn't such a bad choice after all when there was. Enough distance between us. I slipped into traffic, got off at the next exit, zigzagged down suburban streets until I was sure I'd lost them. I poured into a strip mall and practiced my deep breathing, willing my pulse to slow. Then I started for Tampa taking back roads are uh, the way